2: All right, let's add Ben White here too. Oh, You're listening add to add Ben White. <laughs> You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app, I'm joined by John Schuster, Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, we got the comments coming in hot and heavy right now. Um, we're gonna get to all of those. Nick Howard, Dirty Dancer, Tyler M397. Good to meet you, my friend. Omar Vega. All right, um, let's uh, let's talk about this though. Arizona wins 8166. And um, this felt like a game where sometimes tinkering with lineups brings out the best in players, whether they should be a starter, whether they shouldn't be a starter. Tommy Lloyd went to uh, change the lineup up, put Cedric Henderson Jr. in there into the starting lineup. Cedric Henderson played very well. And the man that is now uh, in the six man role, Pella Larson, looked fantastic. This was one of his best games of the year. And he looked very comfortable out there, John Schuster.
3: I think, uh, y- you know, it's sort of difficult to uh, make uh, grand pro- uh, proclamations based on one performance. But do it. Aris, no, I won't. I'll leave that to you. Uh, it- and this was a matchup where I felt that uh, it- I was kind of perplexed by USC. How USC has a good record. How USC is on the right side in uh, conference play. They looked utterly overwhelmed tonight. Yeah. And to a large degree i guess that's generally speaking what arizona is supposed to do they they they're the type of team where if they're too if they have too much size they're supposed to be a problem with you but i thought arizona's perimeter players clearly on the defensive end uh, did a very nice job up and down the roster yet even though arizona won by 15 and seemed to be up by 15 the whole way uh it 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 felt sort of lackluster It was almost almost like they they, they did everything they were supposed to do, and they did it reasonably well enough to where it looked like it was almost pedestrian. Maybe that's a better word than lackluster. USC looked lackluster and overwhelmed. Arizona looked kind of pedestrian in this game, and I don't mean that in a negative way, obviously, because when Arizona over the course of the last three weeks has dealt with uh, a slew of struggling performances – you like these kinds of games. And right. I think, you know, when you see a, a good team, which USC is supposed to be, uh, coming into McHale, uh, and you see Arizona perform as well as it did, you like what you see. Now, does that mean that Arizona has solved all its problems? I'm not entirely sure. and uh, But it does set up a nice matchup uh, with conference leader UCLA in a couple of days. And it's better to feel about that heading into this matchup, where I think there's going to be a lot more energy at McHale. Uh, then this one felt like at least watching from my vantage point in the comfort of Columbo in the background.
2: Uh, <laughs> Bruce but, Pascoe is not in your uh, is not in your apartment. <laughs> that's,
3: that's, yeah, that's an excellent reference. Right. That, that's a very good inside joke. Lute, Lute one there. time
2: called uh, Bruce uh, uh, Columbo, Ben, just so uh, <laughs> I'll tell you more about it later. But go ahead.
3: But nevertheless, yeah, I, I, nev- it's a good performance. Arizona was very good from three-point range. They were very balanced from a scoring standpoint. They dominated on the inside. And defensively, they were very strong. So you come out of this game thinking, yeah, Arizona did what it was supposed to do and did it very well. I was just it, – it just had a feeling of being almost going through the motions, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's perhaps a good thing. It was just one of those things when you – when we saw Arizona play poorly over the course of the last three weeks – If you're getting a game like this, you expect Arizona to be dominant, to be dunking all over. I mean, explosively dominant, fan-involved dominant, Uh, where they can create some consternation in the backcourt, get some open breaks, get a lot of dunks. But this was Arizona controlling the game mostly in the half court and doing what it's supposed to do. So I, I don't mean for that to sound like it's a bad thing. I was just kind of fascinated with the tone of the way they were able to get it done. All
2: right, Ben, real quick. But uh, first, Nick Howard, want to send you a big congratulations. We're all thinking about you. Daughter on the way. Um, Keep us up to date, my guy. But really appreciate you being in here. That is commitment. That is one of the lead members of the Back the A movement right there. Nick Howard, you're the man. All right, Ben White, you're also the man. Uh, Arizona, again, looked really good, took care of business against SC. What did Ben White see from his vantage point in California?
1: Yeah, I think if we've all paid attention closely to Arizona in games like this this is kind of their MO right they come out and put together these types of collective efforts against teams that they want to get up in front of and I think with everything you've seen the last couple of weeks you you really can't ask for much more right I thought you know offensively the shooting was kind of the telltale of both halves and once these guards get going and once Arizona is able to make shots everything kind of just flows from there I thought you know From somebody like uh, Larson and somebody like Henderson and a lot of these guys, the four peaks, I should say, Mike. The peaks, only three peaks played today, though. Only three today. That is the tease, right? But I thought between Arizona starters and their bench, you know, collectively, it was probably the better game, you know, the best game we've seen at least in the last couple of weeks, Brad, for sure.
0: William, yeah, it was clearly their best game, probably since the Christmas break, and you know they did. A lot of things they haven't done in a while. Well, whether it was taking care of the basketball, shooting um, from the outside, and then doing things that they haven't done as well recently, uh, they dominate on the glass when they needed to. What Tubelis with a uh, career high in rebounds, which is always a nice thing. Um, you know, every time USC slightly chipped away, you know they what went on six zero run to start the second half, which is still problematic. But Arizona answered. Uh, you know, they get it down to fourteen. Suddenly it was back to eighteen. Uh, didn't seem like they really wanted to get it over that 20-point hump. But yeah, they were always in control for, for most of the game. And that I think was important, you know, when, when things did go wrong, whether it was the Boswell um, flagrant, there was a technical later on, it didn't last long. And Arizona was right. able not to let that start a run, which we've seen them do, even in wins. I mean, the what was the 10 C game is the best example of that. So and that that was important for Arizona. And it, yeah, it looks like Granted, there's a bigger test on uh, Saturday, but right now it looks like maybe that little uh, post-Christmas uh, slump might be over.
2: The Swedish fish is what people are calling. <laughs> Pella, Now for the flops, I, I will say this, and I i mean, I know what happens in soccer. I know it happens in basketball. I just hate when players flop. I know LeBron does it all the time, but and it's not that, like anybody's listening to or that Pella's listening to me on this, but don't flop. You're too good of a player to do any of that stuff. That was stupid out there. <laughs> um, now, let's talk a little bit about uh, Courtney Ramey. Wanted to start with that because he obviously stayed in the lineup as well. He started off the game hot. He ended the game hot as well. Again, I don't really know where we're going to go with this, but it just felt like this this lineup out there was more conducive. It felt like these guys were it – just, it just clicked. It just looked like it clicked easier, Schuster.
3: I just want to see this, and, and it did – but again, I'm not convinced that USC is a good matchup for Arizona, so I'm a little bit uh, hesitant in regards to uh, making any uh, again grand gestures about how good this performance was tonight. UCLA becomes a telling game in regards to feeling better about Arizona and some of the tweaks that they've made. If that's the sort of thing that you know moves in a positive direction with this lineup, in the moment, Arizona's backcourt played really well, uh, and 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 I think. While we rightfully talk about them shooting about fifty percent from three point range, uh, defensively, how many good looks did USC get? Whether it was on the perimeter or on the interior, it wasn't a whole heck of a uh, lot. Right. Yeah. and that's where and and this was still a half court game. It's kind of defensively what Arizona's supposed to do. So maybe the difference in regards to this, when you're trying to break down Henderson, trying to break down Boswell, trying to break down the uh, con- contributions of a guy like Ramy. Uh, all of whom played well tonight, uh, is what they were able to do in the half court to make things difficult on USC consistently, which had a size issue already going into this matchup on the inside. So SC was terrible on the offensive end and seemed kind of overmatched, but Arizona perhaps played a big role in doing that. And what they were able to do in the
2: half court and in the back court, I think was instrumental. I have never been more excited for a four peaks read, but there's a real, there's a reason behind this right here. You know, who is a big fan of one of the four peaks and not just the brewery in Tempe that is the official brew of PHN exports. This guy was going back and who out here knows the great Frank Caliendo, who is her raise your hand. If you've heard of Frank Caliendo, have you heard of Frank Caliendo, John Schuster? Yes. Yeah, I just didn't feel like raising my hand. I'm all right. He got, I tweeted out that something about Dylan Anderson being a leader of men or some nonsense. He actually hopped on there yesterday, the Frank Caliendo and talked about. Yeah, it was his account with over. He's got almost 500,000 followers. And he talked about coaching Dylan Anderson Hmm. in flag football as a 12 year old. And uh so he said that when Dylan gets more established, we will uh, that he might come on the show. That would be really fun to have Frank Kellyendo on the AZ Wildcats postgame. That I might explain
0: you. why he was at Red Blue. Uh um, I think he,
2: it makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. I at
0: first got excited. I just thought it was because he lived in Phoenix, but he you yeah, know, and he on ironically enough, he's a Wisconsin guy. I don't know about you, you know, you Wisconsin, but he's from Wisconsin. But
2: well, uh, I well either way. I'm a big fan of Frank Caliendo. And Frank, if you're listening, you're probably not, but you have an open invite to hop on right here. Um, ben Schuster, or sorry, oh hold on, Four Peaks again. Check it out at the <laughs> Tap and Bottle location, <laughs> uh, or you can get it up there um, in Tempe. Yeah. Uh, enjoy responsibly. And Mountain Mike's Pizza. Here's the deal with Mountain Mike's Pizza.
3: I've Will heard Frank hear your- Caliendo loves
2: Mountain Mike's Pizza. <laughs> he
3: does. He, I'm sure he does. Oh, well, what's Brad doing in the lower quadrant here? William Brad. William
2: Brad. Oh, wow. That's Mike's pizza right there. And um, John Schuster has come on with it. And Ben White, I'm sure, can consume it because he's in California. He's in California, which. There is a Mountain Mike's, but again, check it out. Great pizza, Oracle and Wetmore, great pepperonis. You name it, they got it. All right, Ben, This uh, Schuster, I think, hit the nail on the head. This was also a very nice defensive performance right now.
1: Yeah, I thought it was arguably one of Arizona's best defensive performances, at least in the half court. Um, What have we talked about all year on the defensive side? How is this team going to slow down teams in the half court? We just haven't been able to see that out of them. And, you know, I think the game plan, you know, it's kind of glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing. Right. Because I think the game plan was fairly easy. You stop Boogie Ellis, you essentially win this game, and you win it pretty handedly. And Arizona was able to do that. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, I counted maybe one good look that Ellis got in the second half, and at that point, Arizona was up, you know, 15 points. So really good job defensively. And I think if Arizona can build on that, then, you know, we're in a good spot against UCLA. But the difference with UCLA is, as we all know, you know, there's going to be a lot more than 66 points scored on their end.
2: Right.
0: William? Yeah. Slowing down Ellis, I think was key because, you know, they're kind of built around once Ellis gets going, that opens things up for other guys. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Ellis was held scoreless in the first half. And by then, you know, that just took USC out of their offensive game and whether it was a combination of Arizona's uh, uh, defensive effort, which I think was high. I think Dallas had an off night as well, but that's kind of what you need in these kind of games because again, USC is a good enough team and they're not a great team by any means, but they're good enough that if Ellis had one of those McHale Knights that we've seen right. from, from time to time and he put in 24 uh, you know, and he hits five threes, that USC team is going to give Arizona problems. But when you have to rely on, uh, on what was it Drew Morgan? He's not a guy I don't think who could take over a game. He's a good scorer for what he is, but. Ellis had to take over that game and and we was unable to. In fact, not only was he unable to take over the game, he was limited. I don't – I was trying to call up the stats to see what he finished with. But if your best score is at zero at the half, that's enough to get Arizona that double-figure lead they needed.
2: Are we taking it – let me ask you this. Are we taking Julius Tabelas for granted to a certain extent? Because it didn't even dawn on me until I was looking at my text messages that he had 17 rebounds and, you know, 16 late in the second half. And I just – kind of was thinking I'm like it's just kind of what Julius has done this year or Tabellis for John Schuster but it's just kind of what Tabellis has done this year but these are some wild stat lines that he's putting up and he's doing this he's doing this pretty much game after game.
3: Yeah, I think you can get past the point of uh being overly concerned about Tabellis inability to be physical uh which <laughs> was the calling card that uh, concern that was uh taking place with him this year. He's been he, he's been excellent and He's a possible fringe first-team All-American. It's been a very good year for him. Are we taking him for granted? Perhaps. Uh, but without him, Arizona – this is a – you know, here we go. This is the brilliance of post-game analysis. Without him, Arizona isn't nearly as good. Thank you. Good night. No uh, way. Yeah. No way. But, but a performance like this is uh, – you know, in games where he is the best player on the floor – and again, in games where Ballo is able to complement him, that makes Tobellus that much better. I think that combination is significant. And it looks like Ballo may be making steps in the right direction to be the player that we saw a month ago and before, as opposed to the player that we've seen who's been a little bit inconsistent and kind of off kilter, I think, uh, for the last couple of weeks. So if Ballo gets better, I think it helps Tobellus as well, regardless of how Consistent Tabellus is. And the game plan for a lot of teams has been Tabellus is going to get his, you stop everybody else. But if Ballo holds up his end of the bargain as he can against a team that's undersized like SC, uh, then that combo becomes a real problem.
0: And it allows the inside guys, including Tabellus tonight, to flourish. The, the irony is, I think, and I don't remember if it was Walton or if it was Don McClain, but they said, you know, Tabellus with 10 at the half, excellent first half. And part of me was like, well, it was, but. That's basically half his average. He's right on right, pace right, for yeah. his average, and actually finished under his average. Um, didn't need to score more than that, but again, when you're grabbing 17 rebounds, you don't have to do much else. Uh,
2: no, that's it, Ben. Like uh, looking at Arizona, then Cedric Henderson is put into the starting lineup right there. You bring uh, you bring Pella Larson off the bench. I like this for a variety of different ways. First of all, I think that Larson is just more comfortable in that role because. And maybe it was just me, but it didn't look like he was pushing his shots as much. It looked like he was just kind of playing basketball. And honestly, I think that it keeps Henderson more motivated or act motivated. It's not the right term, but active in the game as well. To me, I think you found something. That's also kudos to Tommy Lloyd because a lot of coaches, you know, and we've seen coaches like this don't like changing anything. They like just sticking with and saying, I'm going to make this work. Lloyd obviously is not above doing that there, Ben.
1: Yeah. Lloyd's all about making adjustments and and shuffling these guys around as he has all year. And I think, I think you're spot on, you know, I think Cedric looks more comfortable. I think he can do a little bit more athletically at this point than somebody like Larson, you know, be aggressive, get to the rim, not think twice about it, you know, and obviously let's talk about his abilities from outside too. I mean, two for two from three made some pretty huge shots there um, in the second half to get that lead, uh, you know, extend that lead into double digits. So he's definitely going to be a guy. And then um, Larson, I think With him, you know, you're probably about a year, year and a half away from being in that Cedric Henderson spot, kind of where he is. But, you know, let's not forget, you know, they made the point on the broadcast and, you know, we've seen it in flashes and we certainly saw it last year. I mean, it's the conference's sixth man of the year. So he he is, you know, the best guy in that role. So, you know, it's good to see him getting going. And I thought... You know, somebody like uh, Boswell, well, didn't show, you know, in the scoring points only at three points. But, you know, somebody like him being aggressive as well, just I felt like it set I felt like it set the uh, tonality just for the game in general, that Arizona was going to be aggressive, get in the lane, whether it was with their guards, whether it was with their forwards. And then at that point, USC kind of scrambled trying to figure out what to do. And then it just opened up shots from the outside, which obviously allowed Arizona to shoot so high from uh, from the field tonight.
2: Right. What I also like to, when I, when I watch this squad, when I watch this team out here and it just shows you how fickle basketball can be, because again, USC is a better team than Washington state. Um, You know, they just are, but in basketball, especially when you get a focused team out there and that's, I think, I think Oregon was a wake up call again. Well, I'm hoping Oregon was a wake up call, but Arizona just looked like a different team and uh uh Don McLean mentioned that at halftime as well. He said, "This is more fo- this is a more focused Arizona team." And I realize I'm just speaking in generalities and cliches right here, but sometimes that does matter. There, Shu, and they just look like Arizona was locked in tonight.
3: Yeah, and maybe that's uh, where I'm reading—you know, their focus was so good, yet it wasn't dynamic. Uh, and, and and perhaps right. again, that's what you want. Arizona did a lot of good damage in the half court on both sides and was able to control this game. Now, all of that said, uh, and kudos are deserved for Henderson. They're deserved for Ramey, definitely. They're deserved for Boswell. They're deserved for performances from Larson. And Creese. has still showed that he and Tabellus work a very good two-person game. But I look at the matchup here as well, and for whatever reason, and it surprises me, admittedly. And I'm not convinced, like you are, that USC is a better team than Washington State. But that is an aside. Yeah, sure. I mean, you look at the, the, the teams in the pocket in this conference, Washington State, ASU, Oregon, Washington, uh, seem to me, and, and Utah's a good secondary example, too, but Utah's got a big guy on the, on the uh, inside that made a huge difference uh, that caused a lot of problems for Arizona. The other four teams uh, match up with Arizona from an explosive athleticism standpoint. And that's an area of concern. They also have a big guy that can help. And it's a good combination that seems to be a problem. It appeared that SC has the potential for that, or, but just isn't matched up at this stage well enough to make that happen. And as a result, it was Arizona that was able to dictate terms and consistently uh, get up ahead. So I'm a lot more curious about this and hopeful. That Arizona can perform better the next time around when they see some of these teams that 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 were athletically problematic the first time through.
2: Are we seeing a phasing out of the four peaks into just um, into just two peaks, basically, or maybe a two point two five peaks? No, Dylan Anderson and uh, Henry Vasar didn't play until late into the game. And I think, uh, you know, Tommy Lloyd talked about, you know, confidence is really big or really important with young big men and whatnot. But it did. This really felt like kind of a, a crossroads game in moving guys around, basically. Um, and because Vassar has gotten steady minutes, Anderson was playing a little bit. That did not happen today. And if anything, those minutes were cut down and a guy like Boswell is maybe taking him up.
0: I think a lot of that might have been matchup. I mean, I think we'll have to see moving forward. I do think the a- Anderson thing was kind of a wake-up call. Uh, probably hadn't a better week of practice uh, leading into the last couple games. But um, I'd be more interested to see now again. And maybe UCLA is not the great barometer because UCLA is not an overly tall team either. But when they start playing teams with you know, a third big or, or even a second big, as the case may be. We don't call uh, them bigs. They- we call them peaks. We don't only call Arizona's peaks. I'm talking the other teams. They're not peaks, you know. They're not. They're not mountains either, because that's all, all about our our sponsors. But uh, right. No, but it'd be interesting if, if Vsar plays more in that game if they go back to the three man uh, rotation. Alternatively, yeah, we all speculate that they might go small a lot and they might use Henderson as the de facto four at times. And if you can log you know, 65 minutes between um, Balo and and Tubellas, maybe that's how you ride. I personally don't want to see that because I don't want to see Balo hit another wall. But uh, I think tonight a lot of that might have been matchup more than uh, a true change in the rotation.
1: So to piggyback Brad. off what Brad said, just looking at uh, Twitter here in real time, Lloyd did say that he expects to stick with this uh, same lineup uh, versus UCLA. So
2: I like just, it. You got UCLA is a really interesting opportunity here, guys. And you know what? Speaking of which, it's now time for my DraftKings Pick of the Week. All of you guys can hop in here as well. Here's the deal. I am going on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. I am going to pick Arizona to beat UCLA on Saturday. There's my DraftKings pick of the week. Does anybody else out there want to be as brazen as I am right there and predict a team that will probably be favored against an opponent to actually go ahead and beat that team? Does anybody want to take that leap?
3: That's a remarkable limb. Man, you are hanging out with Sequoias right there. Well done, Mike Luke. Well done. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, – since, since since we're trying to uh, top each other as far as uh, strength of limbs is concerned, I'm going to go with the Boston Bruins. We're about okay. three. We're about uh, three months into the hockey season, and apparently the Bruins have lost five games. I think they're pretty good, so I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna money line and maybe puck line and other words that they use in DraftKings apps uh, on a fairly. Uh, yes, that uh, 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 with the Boston
2: Bruins. Top that thick tree limb, Ben White and Brad Alice, William Ben. Are you guys going to join me and go with Arizona over UCLA?
0: Uh, no, I'll give you one, though. I know it's not college. It's it's more like shoes. How about this? Eagles to win, Giants to cover. All
2: right. Fair enough with that. Fair enough with that. I'm okay with that one. So and by the way, Dirty Dancer, I think you're exactly right. I think Arizona will be minus one. Um, ben White, do you want to join the group? You and I are younger than William and Shoe. Do you want to join the uh I'm a millennial. You're a, what are you, a Gen -er? Gen Z,
1: baby. Gen Z. So when you put it that way, yeah, when you put it that way, I guess we got to stick together. But I may or may not have a bonus pick later in the show. We'll have to find out.
2: Generation Stonehenge, anybody? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, All right. Bronze Age. (laughs) <laughs> NPOB is saying, "Oh no, shoe just jinxed the N- NHL Bruins like he did the Detroit Pistons last year." So we'll 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 find that out. But you know, look at it. Joking aside, looking at UCLA. Um. Oh, by the way, this is great, man. This is a way to get on. Uh, Dana Ferreira, Did Tommy Gunn take a page out of Dana Altman's playbook with the lineup change? I think sometimes you do. I mean, sometimes imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I'm not saying that that's the case here, but. What Arizona was doing had kind of hit a wall. And, you know, Larson just wasn't giving you what you needed. And I think that maybe this is something that's going to work. Now, let's talk UCLA here because this is interesting. Arizona, if you were to beat UCLA, and I'm going on record on DraftKings Sportsbook app saying that I'm picking Arizona over, uh, over UCLA. If Arizona were to beat UCLA, you would then have wins over UCLA, a top five, seven team in the country, Tennessee, Indiana, San Diego State, which is back in the top 25. It'll probably finish about 14 because they won't lose any more games. Um, Creighton is still, you know, whatever. But Arizona's got a pretty nice strength of schedule just based off wins there, fellas.
3: Yes. Uh, And and I I think they're in, you know, if they get very hot down the stretch, can they recapture possibly being a one seed or a two seed in the West? Yeah. Uh, But. I think the games against UCLA matter in this regard. And if, uh, you know, obviously the game at McHale is a big deal, If and if they happen to meet in the Pac-12 tournament, that turns out to be a big deal as well that could play a role in the seeding. Right now, Arizona's probably somewhere-ish on that three line, right. uh, if you were to extrapolate this uh, uh, down the road a little bit. And on, on the three line means you don't necessarily get any benefit as opposed, you know, in regards to what region you're in. So there's clearly work that Arizona has to do to work its way up, but obviously it's possible. And again, yeah, their resume is strong. Uh, and, And as they play against other teams in this conference, as bad to us as the Washington State loss at McHale looks, I think in terms of overall rankings, Washington State is reasonable. So it's not a... It's not a dreadful loss as far as what the computers say. Oregon is probably going to be a loss that looks a little bit better, as ugly as it was I- in the moment. Uh, Utah, the same way. You've
2: been on, you stayed on the Oregon wagon
3: all season, and they're starting yeah, to pay uh, off a little uh, bit for uh, you. Yeah, it, I, I'm not, I don't think any of us should be surprised about it. And obviously, there's still some basketball to play. So you know, rolling California isn't exactly the end-all, be-all. Uh, but nevertheless, it, it looks. Oregon, if Oregon can figure it out and get healthy, Oregon's pretty clearly a problem. Yes, if if they can understand athleticism, and parlay that with understanding basketball, they have half of that already in place. Uh, if if they can figure out what to do between the lines, Oregon's a problem for a lot of people. Uh, and what happened to Arizona could happen to a lot of other teams as well. But if you're looking at Arizona, all things considered. You start to get hot again. You figure some things out. And this is certainly a team that can do that. Uh, Then there's reason to believe that, yeah, they can their resume does look very good. And I think if you look at a week like this, this is one of those things where, you know, if you were extrapolating real concerns uh, where, holy crap, Arizona loses two at home and now is on a bad losing streak and doesn't have confidence in the rest of it. Maybe you're looking at that resume and trying to hope that Arizona sneaks its way into the tournament and things go very poorly. Uh, but by virtue of getting a W today, if they can do what uh, Mike Lucas so boldly predicted and get a win uh, at home against UCLA— Now you've set yourself up just fine to be in a very favorable slot once the seeding process uh, reaches
2: its peak. Yeah, once it reaches its peak. See what it did there? All right. I'm going Arizona minus 1, minus 1.5. I think they're going to be a favor. People got to remember, too, the last time that somebody was favored coming into McHale was Florida back in 2012. It doesn't happen very often.
3: Yeah, I think that's going to be a bigger line than that.
2: I think it's going to be closer to five. You think Arizona's going to be minus five, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. William, do you want to jump out on that uh, on that strong limb that John Schuster has uh, extended out for both of you?
0: Uh, I'll split the difference. I'll say minus three and a half. Dang it, Brad!
2: All right, fair enough. You're so ben, smart, Ben. You're coming with the young eyes right there. What do you got? What are you going with? I got minus two and a half. All right. Well, there you go. This looks well, like the sp- Price is Right. I was going to say, right? We will. We will find. We will find $10. out, right? Dollar. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. Now with Kylan Boswell, I feel like we almost have to have a Kylan Boswell segment pretty much each time because, he has definitely been a breath of fresh air like you said Ben it, he didn't have the game he did against Oregon where he comes up comes up with 16 points but you can finally start to see now what lloyd has been talking about pretty much uh all uh you know about how he's just got to get healthy he's got to get going there's a lot to like about him and when he enters the game I'm not saying that he's Jason Terry, you know, coming in as a six man, but he changes things up. There's a little bit more of just kind of a dynamic flow when when Kylan Boswell comes in there. Who wants that one?
3: I thought that was Ben. Ben, why don't you take that? Oh. Ben, hop in here, Ben. I don't yeah, have I, any role in this. I just kind of yammer around.
1: See, but, I, hey. I already, see, I already made the point, so I figured, but okay. Yeah, no, I think Boswell is a guy that um, – is somebody who Arizona obviously would love to see more out of. And I think we're going to see more from eventually. Um, and again, like we, we've talked about Carissa, you know, great player in great spots, but he also comes with his deficiencies as well. And so, so does some of the other guards and, you know, quite frankly, most of the other guards, there's obviously the problems we've seen throughout the year linger. So who, who's going to be that one guy that steps up that big athletic guard where things are fluid for them. Things are easy, And I think what this team's lacking that we've talked about, Mike, you and I, is that guy, you know, on the wing that gets into the lane. Like, who is that guy? Could it be Boswell? You know, certainly, you know, it's, it's nice to see. I think, you know, at the same time, there's there's a caveat to that, too, because he's not quite ready to the level that they want him to be in. But I think if Lloyd continues to put him in good spots where he can go out there and be successful, get an easy bucket, get in the lane, kind of dictate that the tone of the game, I think it's only going to be good for Arizona, but it's just, we'll have to see, you know, this UCLA game, you know, I, like a lot of us, I, I look back at it even before the season started. And I said, that's going to be the pivotal, you know, turning point of the season as to what direction we think this team is going to be, you know, heading into March. So This is a really important game. Arizona's got to get it right. They've got to come play. But, you know, with their resume and the the tone that they set against really good teams and big-time opponents, you know, it's got to give you some hope. And then, you know, in terms of the seeding thing, like circling back to that, you know, we we haven't talked about it yet. But, you know, Gonzaga lost to Loyola Marymount today. So the the chaos continues in college basketball. Certainly it's different than losing to to Wazoo by double digits. But, you know, I think Arizona – has that margin for error, and they certainly have the resume to do what they need to do here in this last stretch of March or so. So,
2: Brad, I want I think Mugshot 318 makes an interesting point right here where he says, So, does the NBA still have the 19 and older rule? Because I wouldn't mind a couple years out of Boswell. You've been following recruiting a long time, you've seen a lot of players. Um, Boswell to me doesn't project as a great NBA prospect, which to me makes him even more enticing at the college level uh, for selfish reasons.
0: Yeah, you know, in the modern NBA game, he's just not doesn't look quite tall enough or quite long enough. Right. Um, and then maybe some of that's deceptive because of his build. Maybe he, you know, maybe if we actually He's got, got the, the Keola okay. Antolin build. Yeah. Okay. And maybe not that, <laughs> um, <laughs> I that but I, you good. know, I don't know if we got to tape measure out what the wingspan is, but that's important to NBA teams. Right. Um, you know, we can go back 20 years though. Jason Gardner was born. If Jason Gardner played in the late seventies, early eighties, he would have been tiny Archibald. Right. Um, instead, he never sniffed the NBA, even though despite being a great college player, uh, Bos was a little bit bigger than Gardner. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't project as like a surefire NBA guy, much like most of this team. Ironically enough, you know, you had three guys last year who all went pro because they looked the part as much as they played the part. You know, with Coloco, he looked like that, you know, kind of. Long lanky run the floor block shot big. Um he did everything but shoot the three. Uh you know,
2: Dalen Terry, same way.
0: Three and D guy, c- current NBA three and D. I mather just a gifted score. Um, do I could I envision a scenario where Tobellas and Balo carve out reserve roles in the NBA? I can. More than likely, those guys are going to start overseas. I mean, Boswell, uh, he has a lot to prove. Obviously, we're way far away, but he is. You know, he's kind of in many ways the kind of I think five star uh that Tommy Lloyd might chase. And that's a guy who doesn't have the measurables. You know, I can see him going for a lot of big rugged centers or conversely six, seven centers who, you know, can't quite fit the modern NBA game. Um, so I think that might be part of his strategy. Get elite talent, but elite talent who's gonna stick around three, four years.
2: Right. You mentioned Umar Ballo. Let's talk about him in a second. But first, let's say that you want to watch Umar Ballo in a away game and you don't know where to go. And you're saying, Mike, I don't know where to go to watch that game. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you thought about that. Tap and bottle. The tap and bottle watch parties downtown John Schuster is going to come to one of these because John Schuster was. Uh, people were requested to meet John Schuster. William Brad Alice has been to multiple of them. Ben White has been there as well. Come check it out. Tap and bottle downtown. All kinds of really good stuff. T.O. Wildcat says bonus points for the Keola Antolin reference. I do what I can around here, but it's only as good as the people that are actually listening.
0: Um, Umar knows my, my love for short running backs.
2: Yeah, we're just trying to help out. Brad Alice was a dynamic short running back. Great at what he did. Just nobody ever saw him. But that doesn't matter because he still did it. And you know what? That's what matters to me. All right, William, speaking of uh, somebody that's uh, stocky, Umar Ballo, we talked about him. He's obviously struggled the last couple weeks dealing with illness, dealing with, um, you know, the length of Oregon. I thought he looked much, much better today. And again, USC is, you know, you don't have anybody like Dante in there, but USC is still a pretty it's still pretty long at certain positions.
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, assuming that whole story that we find you know, now we've heard that he was went to the hospital two or three times, uh, right. checked in once. I can tell you, I got that stupid cold that's going around or whatever it is, the 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 chest thing. Um, three days after Christmas, you may notice I'm still coughing with the mute button on now. I don't feel right. Um, so I, you know, and I wasn't hospitalized, I wasn't that sick. So, I mean, if the guy's sick and you know, it's, it it could really take a toll. I know he's young and he's strong and he's a gifted athlete, but you know, you lose a little of that wind and and you're a different player. And I think that is a lot of it. I think the matchup also didn't help. I think the fact that, you know, Dante uh, was motivated to play, which I think, calls into a little bit of question about dante the fact that he had to get up to play his fellow malian
2: malian wow. did you catch bill walton's line about how he he was talking about if ballo was swearing at him he says at least swear in malian or whatever
0: it was no but did it. you also see that uh big bill referenced the protection of the trojans <laughs> defense yes. yes yes he did i yeah. mean that, that that's the joke we make with our buddies at four peaks. That's not <laughs> yeah. the joke you expect to hear. Well, it is on the Pac-12 network, so it doesn't really count.
2: <laughs> if it's if it was said on the Pac-12 network, did anybody really hear it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even sure I really hear it. But yeah, so um, but yeah, you know, so I think yeah, I think Balo as he continues to get healthy and get his wind, especially again if it was that thing that's going around, that respiratory infection, that cold that just you know, that cough lingers. Um, you know, breathing can be a little bit difficult. When you're a big man who has to run up and down the floor, breathing is, is, is helpful. So uh, hopefully we'll continue to see him get well. And that's most of what it is and not teams figuring him out, not him, uh, you know, suffering a crisis of confidence, like um Tubellis did last year, or even just some kind of minor injury. We don't know about Hopefully it's just a kid who was sick and now he's getting well. All right, let's wrap this one up
2: here. First, I want to say, uh, all of you out there, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Appreciate We get hundreds of comments here every single post game. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Wouldn't be here without you. So again, huge tip of the cap. I'm also going to give a huge tip of the cap to the University of Arizona basketball team. This was the game to me that Arizona needed because I'm a little more bullish on USC than obviously my good friend John Schuster is. But Either way, I think USC is a tournament team. Arizona needed, after what happened to them at home, after what happened to them in Oregon, they needed to come out and they needed to win a game easily against a solid team. And Tommy Lloyd tweaked some things, and it worked, I Shoe, I thought this was the kind of game that Arizona needed.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of folks would argue with the, the latter aspect of that from an Arizona standpoint. Absolutely. You feel better about what Arizona was able to do uh, even if it didn't look all that exciting, which I think, again, is one of those aspects that I kind of expected to have coming in. They're, they're, they were very surgical uh, and able to control this matchup in a half-court setting, which is what happens when you've got two big guys on the inside and an ability to dominate. Uh, and, and, and the SC matchup just did not look good uh, as far as uh, they were concerned. And, and, and they got handled pretty convincingly in McHale and we'll see how Arizona can respond and also how UCLA can respond with the big matchup over the weekend.
1: Yeah, I think the tough part is going to be against UCLA and you you hit the nail on the head with the half court setting, right? I mean, that's a team that's going to slow you down. You're going to have to play well in the half court and Time will tell. You know, we have to see how Tubella and Ballo look. More importantly, I think we have to see how the guards kind of replicate what they did tonight and, and carry that into Saturday. You know, five guys in double figures tonight looks great on paper. You know, we witnessed it. We witnessed it. Arizona did things very, very well, but UCLA is a different animal. So, very nice uh, appetizer, but the uh, the main course is on Saturday. So we'll see how they respond.
0: William? Yeah, Ben. Ben, ben kind of took my my steam there. I was going to great minds the- think alike. I was going to use the music reference and say this is the opening act and we're waiting for the, uh, uh, you know, the, the headliner. But um, in reality, I mean, USC is not a great team, but they're a good team. And the fact that Arizona not only went out and won by double figures, but was in control for 35 minutes, at least maybe even more. I mean, you know, they had that little dip where they went up, I think nine to two, and then it was suddenly like nine to six. And then, the, the 6-0 run to start the second half. But other than that, Arizona is firmly in control. So they beat up on a good, not great, not probably not a tournament opponent. And then uh, now, but again, as we have all said in our different ways, UCLA is a different animal. Um, not only are they the other best team and currently the kings of the Pac-12, but as everyone mentioned, seeding's at stake. My guess is if whoever wins the Pac-12 between Arizona and UCLA... If they have five or less, maybe four or less losses, they're in line for a one seed, at worst a two seed. Um, One of these, they probably won't keep both in the West, although they've done that a little bit more lately. But my guess is, you know, the winner is the one or two seed in the West, and the other one's uh, going, going out of region. So, yeah, a lot is at stake. It's not only to put Arizona back in contention for that league title seedings at stake, prides at stake home courts at stake. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a huge game and, and, and maybe with the way UCLA has been playing. And again, they're down at halftime now, but it could be, you know, really one of the biggest meetings between these teams in several years.
2: Mike Zuniga says Arizona versus UCLA, a pick them. I think it's going to be minus one. John Schuster thinks it's going to be minus 13. We'll say that it's going to be somewhere in the middle right there, but, um, <laughs> I uh, actually I think my prediction 32. was closer to
3: 23 I think Arizona was about I, I think I'm projecting Arizona be a 23 point favorite in this match all I'm right Shoe,
2: possibly multiple- go-
3: let's let's get you some pom-poms with the U
1: of A
2: that multiple people <laughs> ask what is John Schuster drinking to set uh what is John Schuster drinking right there
3: well, what are some of the uh, what What are some of the uh, possibilities? Yeah. What are some
2: of the no? They're just stuff? asking, you know what? It's an open ended uh, question. No, nah, the,
3: the question was they had they, they wanted to settle a bet. So if they want to settle a bet, I'm a cat, What do you I think?
2: think of what it is, is they're drinking? drinking? Right. What do you think he's drinking? You got 30 seconds. Got to be snip snap right there. I'll give you a but hint. Brand John heck, Schuster heck, is so drinking good. a Diet Fanta. Oh, is
3: but, that right? Oh, is that what somebody thinks? Uh, it is not. No, that's it what it looks like right. that you it's just put on off, the screen. That's not right. That's not what I. What are you drinking? Yeah, what are you? Drink? Uh, it's, right. a, it's a. It's well here. It's a cheap plug. Oh, there it is. It's the. It's the Sun Kiss Zero Sun-tiss. Wow. with nineteen me- nineteen megagrams of caffeine. So uh, right, uh, I'll be getting to sleep at about four fifteen. Mike will be <laughs> getting
2: to sleep at around four That's 4:20. normal for you. Right. Yes, it is. All right. Everybody out there really appreciate all your uh, comments. Cats kicked some butt today. Back the A. Appreciate all of your comments as always with uh, John Schuster, William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats. Ben White. What about Ben White? I didn't say Ben White, did I? No, you didn't. John Schuster, Brad Alice and the great Ben
0: White. Is that Ben White or is that Ben White's evil twin? He's got coming the, he's got from the, the slums
2: of Orange County, Ben White, that Ben White. So, all right, appreciate all of you guys, and we'll. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Matt Mulebach coming on, adding a little bit of class to the show. Very nice. But appreciate all you guys. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.